This is Effective Teaching with Dan Jackson from TeachersPD.net, giving you effective teaching and learning strategies for your classroom. Welcome everyone to another episode of the Effective Teaching Podcast. Today I have Janice Atkins with me. She's an education consultant. Uh, She was the Senior Curriculum Manager at ACARA for the HPE syllabus and is currently the co-founder of Inclusive Schools Australia. So thank you so much for joining me today, Janice. No worries. Thanks for having me. Uh, Today we're going to be talking about contextualising our practice. Uh, It's kind of a big, broad term. What does that mean for you, Janice? So I guess um, when I think about contextualising our practice, it's it's probably looking at how we can personalise our programs and personalise what we're teaching to make sure that we're meeting the needs and interests of our students. So I think one of the things we need to recognise is that we're no longer the gatekeepers of knowledge as teachers. Everything that students need to know, they can actually Google these days. So what we need to think about is how can we move them beyond that to actually starting to think about not just what information they need to know, but how they're going to use that knowledge in a way that's going to benefit them and benefit their learning. And certainly if people have had a listen to your interview with John Hattie, he talked about this idea of surface level learning and and deep learning. And and I think that's a really important part of contextualising our programs is understanding what that deep learning looks like and why it's necessary for your students as well. My area is PD Health PE, so certainly when it comes to PD Health PE, if we're contextualising our programs, we're showing that we've got a really strong understanding of what's going on for our kids. So not just what's going on for them in the classroom, but what's happening for them in their everyday life. So if we can personalise our programs to pick up on those real-life experiences that the kids have, then certainly they're going to become better learners because they're learning stuff that's relevant and it's meaningful to them as well. Yeah, I guess so contextualising is really about so developing that meaning and you said it's mm. key for that deeper learning. Can you just say a little bit more about how you link contextualisation and deeper learning? It's getting students to become, I guess, the drivers of their learning. So when surface level learning, I guess, is is the stuff that they could find on Google. It's It's the stuff that, you know, it's knowledge that most people would accept. Whereas the deep learning is when you start thinking about, well, what does this information mean to me as an individual and how can I use that information meaningfully in the way I learn or in the way I react or interact within my world? Yeah, good. So it's essentially how they're going to be applying what they learn in their actual life as they they shift outside of a classroom. That's great. Uh, So then when we come to the actual classroom, if I'm contextualising my practice, what does that mean for what I do in my day-to-day classroom? So I think if you're contextualising your practice, it means that the students aren't going to be passive participants in your classroom. So they're going to be active creators of knowledge and of content, and they're going to have an experience of that knowledge that will be different to the other students in their class. So it's almost creating an individualised program of learning for the students. So they, they may all be participating in the same activity, but the way they're then reflecting on that and consuming that information and that activity is going to be different. Yeah, that's, um, that's because, really good. Yeah. 
So yeah. I actually find whenever I talk about individualized learning to teachers, they'll just go, that's impossible because they always think I've got to write a complete program that's for that student and then another complete kind of program or lesson plan for that student. But I like that you're, what you're saying there is actually that they're getting choice within what's going on in front of them, which actually mm. means that they're what they end up doing in the classroom is specific for them because they've chosen activities or they've combined it in different ways or they've linked it to things outside of the classroom that they are particularly interested in. Uh, you don't actually have to do all that writing yourself is what you're saying there. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it's about, you know, creating, we talk about it within in- inclusive schools. We talk about this idea of creating a buffet of options and students then self-select what they're going to take from the buffet. So rather than saying, you know, these kids may be the gifted kids in the class, so therefore they're going to be doing this higher order activity, whereas students who may be struggling with the concepts, well, they're relegated to do a lower order activity. If you're contextualising the learning, you're providing a buffet where kids can select where they want to go. And there could be some students who may be struggling with a concept, but they decide that they're going to try out the activity that you've set up that looks at more complex options. And if you set your classroom up the right way, then students can help each other learn. And I think that's the power of creating self-directed learners in your classroom is that students can teach each other and that becomes a really powerful mode of learning. Yeah, Um, yeah. I actually quite often talk to teachers about a tool called a hyperdoc, which is like that. You've got the idea of the whole thing is that you're creating lots of options for your students at each step of the way on their learning path. And I know there's other people around like Casey Bell who talk about menu boards. And so they put up, you you have to select an entree, select a main and select a dessert from this massive plethora of options of what the student's actually going to do. But they actually have that same learning goal that you've kind of set together or or however it's been designed for that lesson. But the student has so much choice within that, that actually what they get is individualized or at least, you know, they might do it with a partner or three of them or something, but they're still getting a different experience to the people that are around them yeah and I think that's a really important point Dan that all of the students are still working towards the same learning goals so they're still accessing the same curriculum but how they achieve and demonstrate that learning goal is what you're personalizing and contextualizing so how do you think this whole idea of contextualizing then really helps to develop the skills in our students that they need to be lifelong learners as they leave school You've almost got to take it a step back and think about, well, what do kids need to to have in order to be lifelong learners? So, you know, they need this sort of toolkit or toolbox of strategies, things like, you know, they need to be critical consumers of knowledge and of information because they're just bombarded with so much information nowadays. So, you know, if we can give them the tools to be critical consumers, then they're going to be better able to be lifelong learners beyond school. And they need to be active researchers as well. So they need to understand where they can get information and then how they can actually process and assess that information in terms of them as an individual and what it means to them. But I also think we need to to help students understand what their place is within a community of learning as well because students don't learn stuff in isolation and even as adults, we don't learn stuff in isolation. Uh, We're usually part of a group or a commune that are learning stuff together or making mistakes together and learning from those mistakes. So helping kids to understand how they fit into that community of learning and how they can, as they move through their life, actually access different communities of learning to learn new stuff is going to be really important as well. And I think, you know, this is where there's been an important shift over the last, probably the last lot of curriculum changes. So the last decade 
from when the, the national curriculum was developed and now moving into New South Wales's versions of that national curriculum is that we no longer prescribe within the curricula a one-size-fits-all way of delivering content. There's In all of the curricula, there's flexibility built into the curriculum to make sure that students are learning in, in a way that's meaningful for them. So I think being able to look at the curriculum and design something that's specific to the kids that are sitting in front of you is really important. And there's some, some teachers who may still be tempted to, you know, buy externally created programs where I see that as quite problematic because there won't be that contextualisation for students. Yeah, um, definitely. And that meaningful engagement that you get from a personalised program. That's really yeah. good, Janice. So as we kind of wrap up at the end here, I always finish by asking the same kind of thing and I want my listeners to be able to go away and have that action that they're going to do today or sometime this week. So if the listeners are going to go and do something that contextualises their practice, what is the one thing that they should be doing to get started? Well, it's one thing, but it's a two-step process. Am I breaking the rules with that? No, that's all right. Let's go. Good. Okay. So what teachers need to do is if, if you're trying to contextualise for your students, you need to think about, you know, what are your aims for your program? So what are the challenges or the behaviours or the decisions that kids are making that you're trying to influence through your teaching? Now, that's a pretty simple answer when it comes to PD Health PE, but if you think about maths, what are the challenges that some students might have that you're trying to help them with and influence them with? So it could be being able to manage their money, being able to make sure they don't get into credit trouble. You know, if it's English, it might be being able to engage with books and engage with the media in a way that's critical and, and constructive. So once you've identified what the challenges, behaviours and decisions are, that you're trying to influence, then start thinking about within your curriculum, what are the skills and understandings that sit within your curriculum that are going to support students to effectively address those challenges, decisions and behaviours. And if they can do that, that's the first step to contextualising what they're teaching in their classroom. Beautiful. Well, Janice, I want to thank you so much for your time. You're no a problem. icon in the uh, PDHPE space in New South <laughs> Wales, if not across the country. So uh, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. Thank you. <laughs> You've been listening to Effective Teaching with Dan Jackson. Please visit teacherspd.net for more effective teaching strategies and online professional development.